Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I really appreciate your presence. I hope you had a great weekend and the beginning of a week because I had a great weekend. I was on a holiday. Uh, I did miss my bus coming back. I got the wrong bus. I forgot it. I was not on a Sunday. It was on Monday and I, I took the wrong timetable. But anyway, I came back today morning and went straight back. Uh, to my daily routine but it was great to have a break and I hope you all have breaks somewhere in your weeks and months in this in the monsoons well, I guessing it's the monsoons for you because over here it's summer and uh, I needed a, a, a little rest so uh, cheers to everyone who's enjoying themselves and taking time off because we do need that from our busy schedules um, Today I'm going to talk about something um, that I happened to see uh, on one of the uh, on one of the YouTube channels, and I just googled it later and, and uh, found out it's about Islamic science or the science within uh, Islam, uh, and uh, it talks about how the Quran on human embryotic development. Uh, and says, you know, the miracle of the embryonic development is mentioned in the Quran in such minute detail. Much of it was unknown to scientists until only recently. It mentions the first stage of life after conception, second stage, and witnesses of scientists and, and the scientific facts in the Quran. And it, uh, I will quote uh, Quran 23, uh, 12 to 14. We have created man from an extract of clay. Then we made him as a drop in, in a placement, in a place of settlement firmly fixed. Then we made the drop into an alak, a leech, suspended thing, and blood clot. And we made the alak into a mudga. And... Um, Anyway, uh, it goes to see said how the, the Quran is so miraculous, it's perfect, and only God could have known this because science did not invent this until many years later. And I was like, are you guys smoking bad grass or what? Um, I was like, okay, well, you know what? Why don't we just address this and we'll go from there? So uh, for 1,400 years, they believed that this was some type of scientific uh, invention. And, and today... Um, Islamists and people who all over the world who uh, subscribe to this ideology and this mob, uh, and um, and uh, you know uh, people who who need their victimhood and their glorification and to to clean their own selves and their own in in ignorance uh, uh, stick up to the to Islam to get votes and vote banks and. And pretend that they are the new, uh, you know, they're so multiculturalism, cultural, and they're so perfect, and they, they, they know how to recognize or, you know, a great civilization. Uh, well, it's just completely upside down. And I guess, you know, what can I say when you were smoking bad grass? Unfortunately, we all did that some point of our time, not literally, but ideologically. And um, Unfortunately, it's not only embryotic development. It's it's look. This is this is nothing. This is uh, this is not even. I wouldn't even call it ignorance because it's it's not telling you anything. You could interpret it as yes, it was a leech man. We created man from extract of clay and then a lock and a leech and suspended and 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 
in brackets chewed substance, in brackets this. This is exactly what they've done all of the Quran. Uh, in brackets putting everything, so interpreting as to their, their choice. And then they define everyone else's caste and kufar. But let me tell you where this existed before. Well, my dear friends, in on the Indian subcontinent, then known as Hindustan, and in a place called the Garba Upanishad. Now remember, as I said before, this entire belt from Western Sahara all the way to Indonesia, Malaysia, um, even South Korea, is was all a Vedic belt at one time. That means Vedic people with Vedic knowledge, Vedic civilization from one end to the other. We talked about uh, two days ago Vietnam, the Hindu civilized Champa civilization or lost kingdom of Champa in, in Vietnam. And um, basically... Uh, yeah, absolutely. This this uh, this land then went desert from from Western Sahara to Arabia. They lost their knowledge, uh, but currents don't change. You know, the climate may change, but currents don't change. We still the currents still form their waves. We're cyclic, and we we churn. The oceans churn, the currents churn, and so does the earth. And we still move in in, in the same cyclic movement and. People, uh, nomadic people, moved up and down from one end to the other end, not stopping. So they not only carried goods and services, they carried knowledge. The people of the time did not have passports or borders or boundaries. They just moved up and down, and they shared their knowledge at all these uh, gathering places that were today called mosques. Mosques are actually gathering places, and... These uh, people would gather together at gathering places, at wells, to have uh, at oasis, to have conversations by the fire and, and share their knowledge. Sharing of knowledge was the most priceless possession and it was free of charge. No one charged for it. Uh, people, who were, people who were learned were the most respected people and it, it's even today. And so, yes, they did know. Um, uh, the uh, Prophet Muhammad, or a uh, person who ca they call Prophet Muhammad, was a caravan merchant, and he he and his tribe moved for caravan trade from Syria all the way to China, up and down uh, to the Indian subcontinent, which was the richest place at that time. So yes, absolutely, uh, these people have. Um, they knew that the Indian subcontinent had all the wealth and all the gold and all the knowledge. That's why they came to invade, not because of anything else. They wouldn't come here if they didn't need to invade or loot. Um, so I, they actually knew uh, about the Indian subcontinent, that the doctors, the knowledge, the medicine, the universities were here, which they never had access to because they didn't have the money and the knowledge. Um, but yes, let me tell you about, uh, we're going to go to the Garba Upanishad today, and we're going to talk about the science medicine and embryotic um, development uh, in the Garba Upanishad and you can compare for yourself which is really science or not okay so here we go um, the Garba Upanishad says it starts uh, in the beginning and says Om may we be protected may we be nourished may we act together and energy. May our study be vigorous and effective. May we not mutually dispute. 
the body is fivefold in nature, the five elements existing in the five, depending on the six uh, on the six supports, taste of food, connected with six qualities, consisting of seven datus, tissues, three impurities, having two yonis, sexes, and two yonis, that means two sexes, and nourished by four kinds of food. Here is the pancha pancha makam, fivefold. Five, that is earth, water, fire, air, and ether. In this fivefold body, what is earth, what is water, what is fire, what is air, and what is ether. It is said that what is hard is earth, what is fluid is water, what is warm is the fire, what moves is the air, and what is space is ether. Um, and ether means space as in your cosmic field, that means your cosmic energy. Um, the chakras, the gravitational force, the physical and the metaphysical, that is ether. Uh, the, there the earth is to support what is to consolidate. Fire is for light, air is for movement, and ether is to provide space. Separately, years are to be received, years are to receive words, the skin for touch, eyes to form, tongue to taste, and nose to smell. The genitalia are for pleasure and apna for evacuation. One cognizes uh, with the intellect, buddhi, uh, in, envisions with the mind and speaks of the word. How is the sixfold support? It is said to be the sixth taste of food, sweet, acid, salty, pungent, bitter, astringent, and sajja, uh, sabha, gandhara, um, panchkama, madhyama, dhaivivata, nisada, together with agreeable and disagreeable sounds and prayer make ten categories. It has white, red, black, smoky grey, yellow, tawny and pale as colours. What are the seven tissues? When Devdatta, any person, desires enjoyment of objects. From the proper combinations of qualities, six tastes types of taste, that is rasa, emerge. From the relish of food, blood is created. Uh, from its flesh, then fat and bones, marrow and semen. Any combination of semen and blood, the embryo, the garba, is born. And its growth is regulated by the heart. Uh, by the heart. Uh, the seven datus are in the heart where there is inner fire. At the place of the fire is pita. As at the pita organs is movement. And at the vayu place is the heart. And all growing in order according to the law. Prajapati. When ready on the joining of the male and female, the embryo after day and night is, is mixed semi-fluid state. And after seven days it becomes bubble. After a fortnight, a solid mass. In a month, it hardens. In two months, it becomes the head. In three months, the feet grow. In the fourth month, the belly and the hip are formed. In the fifth month, the backbone is formed. In the sixth month, the eyes, the nose, and the ears are formed. In the seventh month, the embryo comes to have jiva, conscious self. And in the eighth month, it becomes complete in every sense. 
If the father's seed is more potent, it becomes male. If the mother's seed is stronger, it becomes female. If the seeds are equal, it becomes intersexual. Napu maska, meaning neither male nor female. If at the time of impreg impregnation, the parents are agitated, the child will be blind, uh, crippled, hunchback, or stunted. If the vital heirs move around, the seed enters the two parts, resulting in twins. Enabled by the fivefold self, the intelligence of the five elements emerges and he meditates on the imperishable syllable Om. With the knowledge of the syllable, he understands the eight natures, five senses, organs, minds, intellect and ego, and the six modifications belong to the self residing on, in the body. Whatever is consumed or drunk by mother passes through the nerves and the vessels of the child, becoming the source of satisfaction. During the ninth month, all outer signs attain completeness and is reminded of his previous birth, recounts the good and bad deeds committed. He thinks, I have seen thousands of wombs, eaten several food, kinds of foods and sucked many breasts. Born and dead again and again, I am immersed in grief but see no remedy. Thinking of my good and bad deeds, I su I'm suffering alone, although the bodies that enjoy the fruits are gone. Uh, when I get out of the womb, I will take refuge in Sankhya Yoga, which destroys misery and yields liberation. When I get out of the womb, I will take refuge in Maha Shivara, who destroys misery and grants liberation. And when I get out of the womb, I will take refuge in Narayana, who destroys misery and grants liberation. When I get out of the womb, I will meditate on the eternal Brahman. When he reaches the birth canal and comes out with great difficulty, he is touched by all-pervading movement that causes to forget previous births and good and bad deeds performed therein. Why the body is called Sarisaram, it has three fires, namely Gyangini, Darsagini, and Kostagini. Of these, Kostagini is the fire which enables the digestion of all that is eaten. Dasagini is the fire that gives the power of seeing forms. Ganyagini is the fire of knowledge that enables one to distinguish between good and bad actions. They have three places. At the heart is the Dakshagini. In the belly is the Grahapatya. In the mouth is the Avanya. Is the Ahavanya. Atman is the Yagmana, sacrificer mind of the Brahma, the doer, uh, the greed and so on, anger, jealousy are animals of sacrifice. Mental strength is the vow, contentment and organs of the intellect are the instruments of the yajna. Uh, the action organs are the sacrificial objects compared to the havis or the rice. The head of the skull is the utensil, the hair thereon is uh, dharba. The mouth is the inner altar, and the heart and the head are the four cups, and the two rows of teeth are the sixteen cups of sacrifice. The human body consists of 107 marmas, weak or sensitive spots, 180 uh, suttus or junction point, 109 snavius, sinews, 700 channels, 500 majya muscles, 360 bones, and 45 million hairs. The heart weighs upon 8 palas and the tongue weighs 12 palas. It has one prashta or pitta, bile, 
one adaka or kapna, one kudava or sukra, uh, two prashtas of bath. The measure of the urinary or solid excretions is dependent on the intake. One phala equals to 45.5 grams. One prashtam is equal to 728 grams. One adakam is 2,912 grams. One kuddavan is 182 grams. This moksha shashta was in, enunciated by the sage Pipladda. Uh, this moksha shastra was enunciated by the yes, sage Pipalada. So I just gave you the entire Garba Upanishad. It is the Upanishad of the physiognomy of the body and the conception, embry embryonic, um, the embryonic um, conception of our, uh, of the human, uh, or even even the animal is the same, exactly the same. So, how come we never knew this? Because our secular multicultural scam of a government for the last 55 to 60 years did everything to stop us from, from having this knowledge. It, was, it, it is insulting. How come we glorified someone else but refused to take glorify our ancestors? Even if something is wrong, if some human being is wrong, there's not all wrong and there's not all right. And your right and wrong is your interpretation depending on a context. But we were given to note that all of Hindu was wrong, all of Hindus were bad, all of Hindic knowledge was bad, and whatever was good was translated into Indian. Oh, our Indian heritage, but Hindu heritage is bad. But where did we get the Indian heritage? From the Hind, from the Hindu. No, but we can't use the word Hindu because Hindus are bad. Hindus are caste. Hindus are dullard. Hindus are, are degrading, chastising. They have been, they did everything to degrade and chastise and finish the Vedic Hindu civilization in order to take charge of the civilization and conquer it and destroy it once and for all. Conquer our mind through ignorance, through, the, through silence, and then enforce and occupy rent-free space with the Abrahamic occupation of our minds. But you know, we are cyclic. We are currents and waves. Waves go up and waves go down. Did they not understand that? I'm sorry, I forgot that Abrahamic religions are flat earth theories. What can I do? What can I say? If they are flat earth, they are flat earth. They cannot understand anything more than flat earth. So they have to degrade others, play the divide and rule, plus us versus them, heaven versus hell, God versus the devil, absolute ignorance, Adam and Eve. And then they tell us that our ancestors were Dalit and, and caste when actually it has nothing to do with, with Hindustan. It, it has to do with Abrahamic ignorance. And they go around the world telling themselves, oh, well, they invented the knowledge of civilization before that man was ignorant. But you have it here, the Garba Upanishad. An absolute disgrace and shame on the Marxist ecosystem run by the Indian National Congress for their silence and utter destruction of our heritage. And, and brainwashing us with with, with the knowledge that doesn't belong to us, with knowledge that has nothing to do with us, and then trying to pretend that they are the saviors from, from the big, bad, Western colon, colonial people. Well, they colonized our mind worse. They were worse 
than any single um, colonizing invaders. And they were our own people. They, they pretended to be our own people. They still languish in the, in, in the corridors of, 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 the, of, of crime, waiting to pounce, trying to be victim, pretending that everyone is, is a, a Hindu apartheid, um, majoritism. They only had to open their mouth and, and research and their minds and research our heritage, our history. And we would be so much a better country than we are today. My dear friends, I know I'm getting angry over here, but it always angers me to think about this, that we spend, I spent my entire childhood uh, in, a, in a school, in a system that did not produce anything, that, that made us redundant, made us slaves. Um, and I hope that you're going to take your time to, to research this, the Garba, um, the Garba Upanishad. Spread it to your friends. I know a lot of people know about the Upanishads, but take time to read it again. It is important to read it. I, I hope that you would read it um, and share it with your friends to talk about it. Whoever your friends are, whichever group they belong to, share it to see that thousands of years ago they knew about this. Uh, I will continue on some, uh, on some uh, um, commentary on this. So uh, the first question concerns the date of the Garba Upanishad. Since it is ascribed to Pippalada, we need to determine the sage's place in the Vedic tradition. All it is believed that the text may not be so old as the sage. Uh, Pippalada is also the instructing sage of the Prasna Upanishad and the author of the Atharva Veda, Saka, named after him. As the principal arranger of the Atharveda, he should be assigned to at least the middle of the second millennium BC. If the Rig Vedas is said to be no later than the 2000 BCE, as it's suggested by hydrological evidence um, of the drying up of the Saraswati River around this time, and the fact that the Rig Veda celebrates this river as the great river of its time flowing from the mountains to the sea. According to the Puranas, the Pipalada was a disciple of Shrishi Veda Parsa, and he instructed Yuddhishitra in the significance of the Agnya Vrata, which is based on a dialogue between Shukra and Virokana. The philological, sorry, physiological knowledge in the Garba Upanishad is consistent with the founding of the oldest Upanishads. Like the other texts, it speaks of recursion. But it doesn't list many channels, veins, and nerves as other texts do. This indicates that the Upanishad may be older than what was has been uh, assumed. Pipalada answers six questions in the Prashna Upanishad, a number that is reminiscent of the six darshanas. The six questions touch upon six different realities, the forms, the nyasa, the basis of life, mimasa, origin, samkhya, devas within within the yoga, uh, the next world Vedantana and modifications Vaishika. This is not an argument for lateness of the Prashna Upanishad, uh, but rather for the remote antiquities of six bases to reality which mirroring the six directions. Um, so there is in the city of Brahman, that is your body, the mansion is the shape of the lotus and it is the smaller Akasha um, and, in, and in it, the smaller inner akasha, the sky. What lies there should be sought, and one should seek to understand. 
as large indeed as the akasha so large is that akasha in the heart within it are contained both heavens and earth both fire and air both sun and moon uh sighting uh, lightning and stars um whether there is of him in this world or whatever is not all is attained from within there's recursions is also expressed ac across time it leads to a variety of paradoxes that the Vedas tell us cannot be explained away by language it is described by the most clearly in the last of the fifth section of the Garba Upanishad in which the body itself is seen as the ground of sacrifice um, speaking on the recursion one must also mention Hiran Yadva Garba, the golden womb out of which the Vedas tell us the universe emerged. Uh, in an abstract sense, the creation of the, at the cosmic level is said to be understood in the sense similar to that of the individual level, because we are all the cosmos. I've been saying it all along, we are the cosmos. We are an evolution of um, photosynthesis and metamorphosis of the cosmos. We have become into form we have evolved into form uh, but our form consists of two concepts physical and metaphysical the dust and the, the dust and the energy the, the metaphysical field around it uh, philos physiology and consciousness now we consider the most interesting assertion that the body consists of 107 marmas weak spots 180 sutras or junction points 109 snews 700 veins 500 maja muscles 360 bones and 45 million hairs the number 180 and 360 are obviously astronomical and related to the number of days in the civil year the occurrence is the assertion of mirroring of the cosmos in our body because our, we are the cosmos the cos we are the cosmos our body is the cosmos and it revolves in the same manner as the cosmos uh in cycles in currents in waves all we got to do is go to the ocean look at the ocean you'll see waves what is forming those waves it's the currents that form the waves so are we we will roam in the same cycles the number 107 and 109 are also but less obviously astronomically related i have shown um elsewhere uh sorry uh as the author says that the vedic rishis characterize the universe as the measure of 108 for it represents a distance to the sun and the moon from the earth in multiples of their respective numbers uh diameters if the body mirrors the universe then it will have 108 with 107 vulnerable joints marmas and 109 lashes to hold them together other Upanishads speak of four kinds of lights, born alive, born from an egg, born from moisture, insects, born from germ, plants. These are all born of eggs, of wombs, of moisture and of sprouts, namely horses, cattle, men, elephants and all creatures that are the move or the fly that do not move. That, uh, that, are, that there are that move or fly and those that do not move. All those who are guided by consciousness and supported by consciousness, the basis is consciousness. Consciousness is our Brahman. Consciousness is our cosmic self. And our cosmic self is Brahman. That means we are Brahman. We are the universe. We are the cosmos. I've been saying this all along.
consciousness is not taken to exist only in human, but all about us. The cosmos is Brahman. We are Brahman. Channels of in the body, the nerve, there are they, the count of 700 channels does not go to the usual details that are found in other Upanishads. Here are the number 101 channels. Each of these have 100, each of these has 100 more. Each further has 72,000 branching channels through which the Vyana breath courses. This means that the total number of channels, veins, nerves, equals 101 plus 101 into 100 plus 101 into 100 into 72,000. Of these, the most significant channel is the sus Susumana. So uh, the Upanishad uh, speaks of how itself returns to the body along the 72 Hita channels, which branch off from the heart to all parts of the body. This together with its further description of the nerves um, of four colors is described well in the Kausitaki Brahman Upanishad. The nerves of the heart, named uh, Hita, extend from the heart of the person towards the surrounding body. Finest hair divided a thousandfold, they stand full of thin essence of uh, various colors, white, black, yellow, and red. In these, one remains when sleeping and sees no dreams. Becoming one with the prana alone, when speech with all names goes to it, uh, the eyes with all forms goes to it, the ears with all sounds goes to it, the mind with all thoughts goes to it. When he awakes, then uh, the blazing fire sparks proceed in all directions. Thus, from that self, pranas proceed, each towards its place, from the pranas of the senses, from the, from the senses of the world. Um, and as razor might be placed in a razor case, or as fire in a fireplace, even so, this conscious self enters the body through very hairs and nails. Uh, conscious is the universe, is the is the energy field of the universe. Okay, uh, and we are made of frequencies, cymatic frequencies, as we call it in English. That means you go, you you just type frequencies in in any. And, uh, on Google and look at the images and what will you see? You'll see frequencies just like a tower antenna with its frequencies giving out frequencies. That's who we are. We are frequencies. We work as currents and waves. Cymatic frequencies is what it's called and this is how the ancients uh, in the Vedas knew it uh, and as razor might be placed in um, razor case as fire in a fireplace, even so, this conscious, this universe, this cosmos, self enters the body to where our very hairs and nails. Because at the core, we are the cosmos. The form is just uh, dust that we will we were born out of, and we will go back to once we are when it's once we are cremated. On that self depend other selves, as the men follow their chief, or as his own people, are uh, of service to the chief. Even so, these other selves are of service to that self. So long Indra does not understand the self. The Asuras defeated him. When we, he understands this, striking down and conquering the Asuras, he attained preeminence from all gods and all beings, sovereignty and supremacy. And thus also he who knows that this obtains preeminence among all our beings, sovereignty and supremacy, he who knows this, he is, yes, he who knows this. Uh, 
The opening should speak of how the newborn forgets the casual chain at the moment of birth. By the rising by rising together of desire and envy, by confusion of duality, all beings when born when born fall in a state of forgetting. By doing this, it is able to fit the individual embodiment of the womb in the womb that is consistent with the idea of rebirth. And so we have to teach us our children um, the above. Right from the beginning, we have to give them the knowledge so they understand the the philosophy behind who we are, the ideology behind who we are, the metamorphosis behind who we are, so that they don't fall in a state of adharma uh, and be colonized again and again and again. Once we give them the state, the knowledge of the cosmos, the knowledge of who they are, they will never fall into the state of adharma. But this is what the government, the secular government has wanted for us to be in a constant state of adharma. And so they've never given us the knowledge of the of the Vedas, which is exactly what it says here. And that's why they have colonized us. Um, one last thing. Um, the physical basis of life and the sequence below, following the development of the embryo is clearly defined. He describes the basis of life metaphorically mystically in categories that go in sequence from two to seven. In the body emerges eight natures and it arises 60 modifications that are similar to the tatwas of the Sankhya. In the Prashna Upanishad, these are listed by Pipalda. The embryo is taken to have jiva, self-consciousness, in the seventh month and in the eighth month it becomes complete in every sense. This gives time give, this gives the time the fetus becomes a person with attendant legal rights. It is not explained how jiva comes to be attached to the body. Although other passages in, indicate that jiva resides in the heart's recess, it also uh, suff suffuses the entire body. Um, furthermore, it, I, its identity with the Purusha means that mysteriously it is one which enters the universe. The distinction also implies the existence of subtle body lingam. In the Satasvara, Sarvasara Upanishad, the subtle body is defined as created out of the mind and other subtle elements that reside in the north of the heart. The consciousness within the body is called the knower of, of the field. The body is an instrument of the heart, but it's also able to do what it can. Um, it must be free. Uh, this is moksha or mukti. Uh, my dear friends, this is the Garba Upanishad. I ask you please to share this with your friends, whoever you know on their on their uh, uh, Facebook pages, on their social media websites, on um, with your teachers in school, at the university, with uh, your friend circle at work. Share it. I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. It is absolutely beautiful, um, and people need to know about this. Um, Garwa Upanishad and how our ancients knew about it way, 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 way back when. And uh, we are now in the state of Adharma because of the simple fact that we have been kept this way by our government, starting with the so called freedom fighters uh, who put us in this cage of ignorance, uh, this ghetto of, uh, of slavery, um, starting with. Pandit Jawal, should I say, starting pre-independence, but mostly with uh, Jawal Nehru, who got power once we got so-called independence into a secular uh, scam, um, and 
and yes, he kept us away from this knowledge because because uh, he was ashamed. He was ashamed of Hindustan. He was ashamed of the people. Um, and because he was having an affair with someone called Edwina Mountbatten. Uh, we know that. And tomorrow I am going to um, take a diversion from this and I will show you. We will talk about... Uh, information that I've collected it's on on, on this on on the internet on the YouTube about um, Lord Louis Mountbatten the last uh, Viceroy of India and his wife Edwina Mountbatten their life uh, their marriage their uh, love affairs and how they um, how the, how they came how he came she came to manipulate uh, uh, how she came to manipulate uh, in uh, Nehru, and because of that, to keep her happy and her Christian um, brothers and sisters happy, uh, she very, very, uh, or should I say, her, her, her state happy, because apparently she liked India very much. Um, and not to, to have any problems with her, he, he, he let us, he, he portrayed a, a, a shame of the country, um, kept us away from our knowledge, kept us away from our civilization, from the history of our ancestors. And today we are absolutely ignorant group of people. And this goes, starts with our leadership. And until we have the courage to stand up and, and learn it ourselves, stand up and talk about it, stand up and discuss it, stand up and, and not be ashamed anymore and give back the shame to the Abrahamic invaders of this land. And, um, Tell them they can take it and go with it wherever they want. Uh, until you have the courage to stand up to this and, and and own it, we're not going to go anywhere. So I'm going to post this on my Facebook page. I'm going to ask you to read it if possible and share it as much as you can with any five people, ten people, and ask them to share it with any five or ten people. And we can spread the knowledge of our ancestors and res resurrect this Vedic civilization one more time. So thank you once again for your time. Uh, thank you for sharing it with me. I really appreciate your presence here today. And we'll be back tomorrow with an episode on um, Miss and Mrs. Mountbatten. Thank you very much.